Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. Enjoy this message titled, Excuses, delivered by Youth Minister Jeremiah Woodring. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. Sunday morning church attendance and really uh, church attendance in general has become more and more optional and less and less important in the lives of many people uh, that call themselves Christians. Uh, This thing that we call church or the Sunday morning service doesn't seem to be quite as important as it used to be. Now, I do think that this phenomenon was already happening before COVID and all the issues that it has brought us. But I also think that that particular issue has accelerated uh, this in the past few years. Um, I've seen this statistic around that says something like this. The average regular church attendee attends Sunday morning service twice a month now. And that's an interesting statement, isn't it? The average uh, Sunday morning attender attends twice a month. Now, I know a lot of you never miss, um, but at the same time, those are our regulars. Those are our average people, and they're coming maybe twice a month if we're lucky. And I think that if this is true, there are many problems with our modern ideas about church and why it's important or maybe why it's not so important uh, to attend a Sunday morning service. I was reading a book this past week uh, titled, Why We Love the Church in Praise of Institutions and Organization. It's a a book just about this particular issue. And um, in this book, the author says that our modern ideas about the necessity, necessity of church go something like this. Uh, Of course, they would say that we need to worship, but we can do that in a bar or in a park as well or better than in a church building on a Sunday morning. The weekly worship service is boring and it's full of passive spectators with a dull sermon and a meaningless routine. Now, many of us might think about church in this way, maybe not We wouldn't say it, but maybe we think about it in the back of our head. And because we are busy people, I think that um, when it comes to a Sunday morning church service, it's one of the first things that get cut when thinking through of all the busyness. It's been a really busy week. There's been lots of things going on in our lives, and so we're worn out. It won't hurt to skip that Sunday morning service. And I, of course, think that um, that kind of thinking and, and, and what we do here on a Sunday morning in particular is so much more important than that way of thinking, I should say. I think what we're doing here is we're gathering here to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, that we're here to participate in Jesus' new covenant, that we're here not just for me, what I think I might get out of coming here today, but I'm also here for you. And you're here for me. We're here to serve each other. We're here to think about it in that way as well. And I could go on and on about all of this and really get into 
what church is, but what I really want to do today is to use one of Jesus' parables to bring a challenge to all of us, including myself and my, my own family. This parable that I'd like to share with you is so interesting uh, for many reasons, but I think it speaks to the heart of where we are at as a church culture. And so I'd like to just take a look at it this morning. So if you would, read along with me. This parable comes in Luke chapter 14, and it's in verses 15 through 24. And it says this, When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry, and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of these, those who were invited, will get a taste of my banquet. So what does this parable mean? Um, I've always thought it to be an incredibly interesting parable, not always fully understanding what Jesus was trying to get across here, but as I studied this and looked into it a little bit more, I realized that we have to have some understanding that his listeners uh, would have had to fully understand this particular parable. So first of all, in Jesus' day, when you threw a party, you told the people that you wanted to invite uh, the general day or maybe the week or, or that kind of a thing that the party would be thrown. But you didn't nail down the precise time until the party time neared. Uh, a host had to know how many guests uh, were going to come so that he could butcher the right amount of, of animals and have the right amount of food for the event. It wasn't as easy to just throw together a bunch of food uh, in those days as it is today. And so when they would invite people, there was a kind of a pre-invite that would go out. And they would let him know if they were going to be able to make it to the party. Um, and then, just before the feast began, the master would send out a servant to each of his guests to tell them that the banquet was ready and that they should come. This is important to understand because Jesus' audience, they would have understood all of this. And they would have known that these people being asked to come, had already accepted this invitation. They'd already told this uh, man that was throwing the party, hey, it will be there. But the, and the host would have prepared, he would have done all of his 
uh, butchering and he would have assembled all of the food and he would be ready for this grand event and he would be expecting these people to show up to his party. But instead of eagerly coming to the feast, the guest insulted the host by refusing to attend. It wasn't just a one-time invite. This is something that had been planned. This has been something that they all had said, yes, we will be there at that party. The fascinating part of the guests not attending are the excuses that they give. I always uh, find it funny to look at these excuses a little bit. The first guest says that he has to go and see a piece of property that he bought. Now, we understand how ludicrous this excuse is because nobody buys a piece of property without looking at it first. And it was no different in Jesus' time. Nobody is just buying a bunch of land that they have no clue what it even is or looks like. Um, There have been plenty of opportunities to have seen this property before this moment in time. And um, he knew he was being invited to this banquet. And so this is a very, very poor excuse. The second man, he's also very similar in that he made a purchase. It says that he bought five yoke of oxen. And that's a rather large amount of oxen. And uh, apparently he was anxious to try these oxen out. Um, Now this task could have easily waited until after the banquet. Um, Or you might wonder why this man hadn't already tried out his oxen if he was so anxious uh, to do it. It would be kind of like buying a tractor today. And yeah, I'm sure you would be anxious to try out your new equipment, but it could wait. It's not an incredibly pressing matter that must be done. And then there is this third guest. At first glance, you might think, hey, this excuse is legitimate. You know, after all, we tend to leave a couple alone after they've just been married. And, uh, you know, we often send them on a honeymoon or something like that. That being said, a Jewish wedding like this was, was never a surprise, much like today's weddings. Most of the time, they're not a huge surprise. They've been planned for months and months. And this man had to have known well in advance that he was getting married. And that being the case, he should not have agreed to attend the feast in the first place if he knew he was going to get married. But these were all just simply excuses. The famous preacher, uh, Billy Sunday, he defined an excuse as, uh, as this, the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. The fact is that, one, uh, not, that each one of these people that were invited to the feast, they didn't really want to go to the feast. These things that they were doing instead seemed like more important things to be doing at the moment, purchasing land or equipment, getting married, etc., all seem more vital than attending this feast. It's at this point that I think it is important to recognize something very, very important about this parable, and that is this. They have been invited to a feast. Now, let that sink in for a moment. Another famous preacher, Dwight L. Moody, he explains this vital point well when he says, remember that these men, Luke, tells us about we're not invited to a funeral or to hear some dry lecture or sermon. They were not invited to visit a hospital or a prison. It was to go to a feast. 
This should have been something that everyone wanted to attend. One of those things that you would drop everything to be a part of. It should have been first on everyone's schedule, but these other things were too important. Or maybe life was just too busy. I don't know the reason, but they just didn't want to go. And so the host did not want all of his food that he had prepared to go to waste. So he sent his servant out to gather a crowd, whomever he could find, the lame, the poor, outcasts, the homeless, the undesirables of the world, just to make sure that the banquet was full. What is interesting about this group of people is that they don't have any excuses. The poor can't afford to buy property or oxen. The blind can't go and examine real estate in any way. And the outcasts of society aren't usually given in marriage in any way. And so this crowd would have been hungry. They would have been lonely and only too happy to accept an an invitation to a free banquet. So finally, the master explains that those that were initially invited will not be allowed to change their minds. They had their chance. In fact, we often see, we see in this story that the master is angry. After all, he prepared for everyone uh, to come, and he expected those people to be there. And at the last minute, they backed out, and they had ridiculous excuses for why they can't come. We've all had this happen in our lives, haven't we? When uh, we know what it feels like to be rejected, to trust someone, to assume that they're going to be there when they said they would, and then in the last minute, there's some weird excuse that is completely unbelievable. It makes me mad when this happens, and I am sure that this master was none too happy as well. So what do we do with this story that Jesus has told us uh, in this passage? As I said at the beginning, I'd like to focus on how this story speaks to us today. I think it has a lot to say because I find myself to be very similar to the first three characters in this story. The master invites me to his banquet, and I'm all too busy to recognize that it is indeed a feast that he has invited me to take part in. I'm busy getting things done, busy buying and selling things, busy making sure everything is taken care of in life, and Jesus just wants to sit and eat with me. There's another story in the Bible like this, not a parable, but a story that actually happened. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and it, in it, Martha has opened her home to Jesus. And while she was busy with preparations, trying to get her house in order and ready for Jesus, her sister Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens to what he said. Martha, of course, was very frustrated with this whole situation, and so she came to complain to Jesus. And Jesus delivers one of the best lines in the Bible, in my opinion, when he says this, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think this parable is a rebuke on our misplaced priorities. 
Jesus wants to tell us that there is a feast waiting for you if you would just take the opportunity. Instead of inspecting a yoke of oxen, realize that Jesus' yoke is light and his burden is easy. He's inviting us to something so much better if we'll just accept the invitation. And what, if anything, does this parable have to say about the church or attending a Sunday morning service? I don't want to apply this parable to things that Jesus wasn't really speaking about, but I do think that this parable, ultimately, it is about the kingdom of God. And the closest thing I believe we have on earth to the kingdom of God today is the church. And I also think that our involvement with church oftentimes induces a lot of excuses from time to time. Excuses that are very similar to the ones given in the parable. We're busy doing other things. We have kids and all of their programs and sports and events, and we have work-related obligations, or we just got married, or we just had a kid, or whatever the excuse is, I promise you it's been made at church. I know because I've made many of them myself, even as a... uh, person who works at the church, it's easy sometimes to see something going on here and to think, I'm just too busy. I've got other things going on. And just like in the parable, these aren't necessarily bad things that we all have happening in our lives. Nothing wrong with buying a field. There's nothing wrong with getting married or buying oxen or any of the millions of things that we have to do in life. But there is something wrong with it if it gets in the, relation, in the way of our relationship with Jesus or involvement in his church. And let me remind you this, that involvement in his church isn't drudgery and it isn't just another thing on the schedule. It is a feast. It's a banquet. It's a blessing. Ask anyone, uh, or think about this yourself, if you've done this, but just think for a moment, if you've been really involved in this church, or maybe another, uh, you you attend regularly, you're involved in all the different parts of being in church, you serve here, you serve, and, and you're a part of this church, and then ask yourself this, has it been more of a burden or more of a blessing to you in your life? How would you answer that? I know what I would say. The church has blessed me personally in a billion ways. From accountability to encouragement to friends to developing the fruits of the Spirit in my life to having a place that I belong to learning more about who Jesus is and how much He loves me. I could go on and on and on and on. The church has repaid me a hundredfold for any small bit of service I have ever given here. But it's easy to think of another church service as just another thing to do. So as time goes on, we disengage a bit, we get caught up in life, and these other things seem more important to us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his classic work, Life Together, explains it well when he wrote, it is true, of course, that what is an unspeakable gift of God for the lonely individual is easily disregarded and trodden underfoot by those who have the gift every day. 
He goes on to write these words, It is by the grace of God that a congregation is permitted to gather visibly in this world to share God's word and sacrament. Not all Christians receive this blessing. If you know anything about him, you know that he was in Nazi Germany and he later died in Nazi Germany. So he understood full well what it means to not have the blessing of a Sunday morning service. And the church is a blessing offered to us. It is an invitation to his kingdom. But the invitation might not always be there. That's the scary part of this parable. But a part of the parable that we all have to wrestle with. So I'd like to offer an invitation this morning. And this invitation is a little different than others we do regularly here. This invitation is just like Jesus's in this parable. You are invited to be a part of this church. And I mean to really be a part of it. To be here regularly and consistently. To join a small group, attend Sunday school, to worship on Sundays, and to take communion together. There will be distractions, there will be opportunities for excuses to pop up, but decide today that you and your family will commit to being a part of this church. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian.